Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. Hello, I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration. And this week I'm chatting with Karen Marsh, frequent visitor to UUCC and wife of member Barry Marsh. Karen has recently been granted preliminary fellowship by the UUA's Ministerial Fellowship Committee. Listen in to hear about the process of becoming a UU minister and about Karen's personal theology. Um, so you're married to Barry Marsh, who is a UUCC member, and you're a member of the UU congregation in Towson, but joined UUCC for services as a visitor. Can you tell me more about your connections to Towson and Barry's connections to UUCC and how it worked out this way? Yes. Um, so both Barry and I were leaders of Towson. Uh, we joined the Towson congregation in about 2008. And it's interesting because Barry actually belonged to that congregation way back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s with his first wife. Um, and it just so happened that one day we were driving down Delaney Valley Road past Towson Unitarian Universalist Church. And he said, you know, I used to go to that church. I'd like to go back and see who's there still. This is back in what, 2008. And I said, oh, you know, I've been wanting to go back to a UU church for many years now. Yeah, let's go this Sunday. So that was March of 2008 and we, we went and of course, I was like, I want to keep coming back. This is great. It's good to be back in the faith community. Um, so, uh, you know, in the first few years, we were just basically members at Towson. But given our skills uh, and abilities, we were recruited eventually to be leaders. And um, when you become a leader of a congregation, that changes your relationships with everyone very quickly. And I learned so much and deepened my understanding of myself and community and the world. And I'm very grateful for my leadership experience. Still, I needed, and Barry did too, needed a space to go to that, that we weren't going to be asked, oh, are you gonna to go to this committee meeting? Or can you do this? Or can you do that? Or I have an issue and I'm wondering if you'd be interested in talking to me about it. You know, that's sort of normal thing that happens when you become a leader of a congregation. So I suggested that we just start going to other UU churches in the area just to see what they did and, and how their services were. And um, he just really liked Columbia, the service and the feel. And he also liked, frankly, the idea that we went there and we were just attendees. Um, he continued to go um, on a fairly regular basis and I continued to go to Towson. And when I wasn't in the pulpit at Towson or having to be at a Sunday service, I would come to Columbia. And I found it very refreshing just to be able to sit with Barry, sing some hymns, 
chat with Paige and others, and then just go home. It was, it was lovely. It's a refreshing balance to have when you're that invested in one place to be able to go and just have the worship experience or the social worship experience. Yeah. And, and I have to say it was good preparation for ministry because as a minister, of a congregation, I can't necessarily rely upon the congregation to provide me my spiritual. I, I need to go outside and I need to find a, my own set of friends and have a separate group of people to provide me some spiritual support yeah, so that I can provide super, spiritual support to others. So you've been granted pre- preliminary fellowship which I know is a big deal, so congratulations. But can you tell me more about what that means exactly and what the next steps are to becoming a minister? Yeah, um, so preliminary fellowship is a status granted by the Unitarian Universalist Association and their ministerial fellowship committee. And that means basically that I can be ordained and that I can be settled at a congregation as their minister. Now. In the Unitarian Universalist tradition, only congregations can ordain a minister. But what the MFC says is this person is prepared when they're in preliminary fellowship to be ordained and can be ordained. So the next step for me is to be ordained. um, And that will probably be at Towson. Um, So Towson will have to vote though at their congregational meeting to ordain me. So this is not something that the board of a church can necessarily uh, decide. And once that happens, um, I am free to to serve a congregation. Now, um, at the same time, um, I am also allowed to go into search, as they say. So I, my name has been passed on to the Unitarian Universalist Association's transition office, and I can put a profile in their online application. And then churches that are looking for a, a minister will then, a called minister that is, will then you know, put their profile on there, what they're looking for. And it's sort of like a match.com situation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I, I list my three top, you know, congregations and they will list their three top candidates. And if there's a match, then we go to the next step and there will be likely Zoom meetings, interviews. And then if um, I become their final selection, then there's the thing called candidating week where I'll actually go there and I'll give a sermon. And then after all the discussions and all the meetings during candidating week, then the congregation decides whether they want to, to call me as their minister. And then again, another vote. No and pressure. No pressure at all, Karen. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I feel like you have to be a very, have a very firm sense of self to be able to withstand that kind of process, right? Yeah, that's very true. And I I would say that the whole process leading up to the MFC interview, which grants you um, preliminary fellowship, is very much the same thing. They're trying to determine, do you know yourself? How self-aware are you? That makes sense. So what's it been like being an intern minister at All Souls Unitarian in Tulsa, especially in this virtual setting? 
Yeah, um, so it has been a very interesting, interesting experience because it's all brand new for everyone, not just me. So essentially, I started my internship on time, August 1st, but they were, the, the building was closed and all the staff, and it's a large church. It's the largest UU church, at least, you know, in the United States, if not the world. Um, so they have a large staff. They have 17 staff members. And so they were meeting online. Every meeting was Zoom. And in a sense, I was prepared for a situation like this because I went to Star King School for the Ministry in Berkeley, California, while I still lived in Maryland. Most of my classes were asynchronous online. Um, but that experience of being low residency, as they called it, was really helpful because I was very familiar with Zoom. I was very familiar with the technology. And that really helped out. And it was really appreciated. Um, so the, the issue with um, COVID, though, is, you know, even though I'm here, the building is still closed. And people in the congregation know me from TV, but I don't know them. So, and it's been really funny because in the last few weeks, people are getting vaccinated and we are starting to meet up with each other outside in different situations. And I'm wearing a mask. They're wearing a mask. Um, and I'll say, oh, I'm, I'm Karen Marsh, the intern. And they say, oh, I know. I've seen you. On TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. You're allowed to see me, but I. <laughs> Not allowed to see right. And in fact, I went, I went to, a, this, there's this beautiful art museum in Tulsa called the Philbrook. And I went there. Um, interesting, um, interestingly, on the day of my MFC interview, but I wanted to do something relaxing and not related to you know, reading books or cramming or anything like that. And my husband was here in Tulsa to support me. So we just walked around and I'm in one of these galleries and this woman comes up to me and says, you're Karen Marsh. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm relaxing right now. <laughs> And she goes, oh, I'm so-and-so, and, you know, I'm, I'm a member of the congregation. I see you on TV, you know, on, on Zoom every week. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great, welcome. <laughs> so funny. So can you tell me a, a little bit about your sense of theolo theology? I know that's a massive question. Um, and about any spir spiritual practice you have that's really important to you? Yeah, sure. Um yeah, it is a big question. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess this is the question that is being asked of anyone that's going to seminary or through seminary or, you know, practicing to become a minister of any kind, any denomination or a spiritual leader of any kind. Um, so the environment has been very important to me um, all my my life, really, since I was a, a child. And I went to Penn State for geology. Um, with the thought of being involved somehow with earth and earth sciences. Um, but I practiced in my 20s um, Wicca and earth-centered religions, in part because I was very interested in a theology that centered the earth and found that, that the deity was part of earth. Um, and so I would, I would classify my theology still is an echo feminist theology. Um, I view the deity as the earth itself. Um, maybe even the universe 
Um, mm -hmm. But my focus is upon the earth because I'm an earth creature. I am not above the earth. I am part of the earth. And the goal is not to transcend this earth, right. but to find balance um, in the life that I'm leading on this earth. Um, I'm not really sure I believe in the God that I was raised to believe in. I'm not even sure if I believe in a God per se. Um, what I do believe in is the earth though. Right. Um, and I, I do acknowledge the mystery and I love to dance with the mystery. What feelings would you say best capture what it's felt like becoming a minister? Mm -hmm. I know there are so many. <laughs> the feelings wheel is very terrifying to look at. There's so many options. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in, in some sense, it has been exciting. Um, I like learning about myself. Um, and it's been healing, too, even though uh, at times one must look back at one's experiences, one's behavior, one's choices, and think, eh, that wasn't such a good idea. Even so, I mean, the wonderful thing about seminary is it gives you the space to read, but um, it's been helpful to me to really put it all together and begin to really understand it is is to really begin to forgive. It's it's the beginning of grace. So I guess those are two of the the main things. At times it's been um, a little isolating. Um, but yeah, it's it's just that coming to this awareness that has been very healing because it takes off all this pressure that I think our culture, this culture of control, this culture of, no, you, you have to have power over mm -hmm. everyone else and letting go of that and just saying, no, I don't. You know, in fact, I have more power when I'm doing power with, you know, when I'm sharing power. So do you have any advice for someone considering seminary? What have you learned? Well, I think that's really related to, you know, a person's call. First of all, if they're considering seminary, they, they must be considering becoming a minister or a spiritual leader of some kind. And so I would advise them to really think hard and deep about the call. What is their call? Why are they feeling drawn to this path to become a minister? And it's it's never going to be you know crystal clear but be in conversation with that question what is my call what is the one thing that i can do with this one wild life as mary mm. um so but you know let's say they they've determined yeah i have a calling i i wish to serve earth humanity whatnot and the only way i can do that is through ministry I mean, I guess the next question is, well, do you want to be a Unitarian Universalist minister? Do you want to be another kind of minister? So I think the question was advice for someone contemplating seminary. Um, so taking it from that point of view, I would say if a person wants to be a Unitarian Universalist minister in a parish setting, then they really need to think about uh, the seminary they choose. Um, but you know, whatever you choose, whatever ministry you envision yourself doing after you get the degree, I highly recommend 
finding a mentor, a spiritual director, someone that can help guide you along the way and help you to discern your call. There are resources. There's the Ministerial Formation Network and other organizations or groups that might help with that. But um, I would definitely look into that. I didn't get a spiritual director. I used the Ministerial Formation Network as that resource. But, um, you know, I still, I still am interested in having a spiritual director. I think that that is a helpful thing to get at. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you for spending this time to chat with me and to get to know you is such a pleasure. (laughs) It's a pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you for listening. Of course, we invite you to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And hey, tell a friend who may not know about us yet. See you next week.